folks. Amen. They, uh, if you find a new soldier and you hire him, uh, there's a difference between a war veteran and a soldier that just came in. Are we together? And I believe that every soldier that enters the battle, they've got a desire that one day we must be the veterans of the battle. Are we together? Every believer that comes into the message must have a desire that one day I want to be a veteran in this battle. Are we together? Uh, uh, David Livingstone, uh, you remember, he was a missionary, I think in the 16th and 17th century, right here on the continent. He was a lot of black people who, for the first time they saw a white man, it was David Livingstone who was a missionary. And when he was here, there was a, a note that he was sent by some of his friends and they said he would like to send other men to you. Have you found a good road into your area yet? And then his response, he wrote back and said, if you have men who will only come if they know there is a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come even if there is no road at all. Are we together? So he was simply saying he doesn't want the people that are looking at the easier way out, but he was looking for the people that are committed and dedicated to the cause. Are we together? And I believe this evening we are dedicated to the cause. Amen. We'll come to the gentle, mighty warriors, and I believe that this evening some of you, you regard yourself as the gentle, mighty warriors. Amen. Are there gentle, mighty warriors in the building? Are there people that fought the battles in the building? Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, I'm going to read this quotation of the prophet. It blessed me so much. In the message, God doesn't call men to judgment without first warning him. That is a message on its own. Paragraph 35. The man of God says, if you went to work for a man and he gave you a job on the ranch or something, another, and you just went out to the barn and just sat out there and say, well, see, you must go and ask him what he wants you to do, then do it. If you are working for a man, find out what your duties are. Then if our life is on the earth here, then we should go to the one who put us here and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Are we together? What must I do? Why am I here? If it's to be a housewife, dishwasher, whatever God wants you to do, then you do that to the very best that you know how to do it. Are we together? You see, Brother Brenham did not love mediocrity. Amen. He, he did not love substandard things. He says, no matter how little, no matter how little it is, you must do it. The trouble of it is each one of us wants to do the next man's job. We all want to pack the ball as we say, you see. 
like this watch here and over there there is a watch like this watch over there now every little movement in there has its place hallelujah now every part of it can be the hands now i only look at the hands to see what time it is but if one of them little wheels in there gets out of order that won't keep it the right time that's the way it is with people we have all the body of christ has got to be in their position in harmony then we can look around and see what time of a day it is are we together then we can then the world is looking to see what it is but they are watching you if you are just a little hairspring mainstream whatever you are you do the very best job you can at that now because we have a responsibility that we've got to answer to god for some day how many know that we're going to account some day how many know that we're going to account some day every man that come on the face of the earth has got to answer to god for every responsibility and to many of us a stewardship we have to answer for this responsibility is a stewardship that's been committed to us by god i don't care what it is i said a few moments ago a housewife then be a genuine housewife hallelujah if it's to be a farmer be a genuine farmer hallelujah we don't accept the substandard things in the message we don't accept the substandard things in the message there's no amen we don't accept the substandard things in the message amen whatever you do be the best that you can be at what you are doing are we together if you are a farmer be the best farmer if you are a housewife be the best housewife are we together Amen. Then he says, if it's to be a farmer, be a genuine farmer. Whatever it is that God has put you to do, you got a stewardship to that. You've got to answer to God for that. But it takes all these things to do it. Are we together? The reason I'm saying I'm I'm starting with this quotation is that the 30 men that were the gentile mighty warriors these were the men that were not substandard in any way these are the men this this was the the cream of the crop of the militia during the time of david these were the men that had the vision remember david was not a king david was a fugitive saul was after david they were running down the valleys going up to the mountains hiding in caves but these men were there around david and these men were not coming from the jewish lineage these men were the gentiles that's why we call them the gentile mighty warriors and if we agree that levi was in the loins of abraham when he met melchizedek I would like to believe that me as a gentile by faith I was in the loins of these men when they were around David. Are we together? And how do I know that? Is because 
the same spirit that protected or that backed up with David during that time, that same spirit has now come into my heart as a believer. Are we together? This means David's wish was their command. Because we just read a scripture here. David just indicated that he would want water from Bethlehem because he was a fugitive. Three of those men, they break through the host of Philistines. When you go and read about these men, there were some exploits that were done by these men. When you look at the men called Jeshobim, chief of the captains, he killed 800 men at once with his spear. I'm going to test whether you believe the Bible, uh, 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 because I had some minister reading this and mentioning that these were good tales. And I don't know how can you be a pastor and regard this as a tale. To us, it was not a tale. The Bible is not a book that captured tales. The Bible is the things that capture things that transpired. And by faith, we believe that. Are we together? You look at the man called Eliezer. He fought alone with David until his hand clung to his sword. Hallelujah. Fighting until his hand was stuck to the sword. And tonight, we need gentle, mighty warriors that can take the sword of the weight and fight the enemy until the sword is stuck to their hand. I hope you understand that the sword means the word of God. Are we together? You look at a man called Shama, how he defended the, the plot of Bali for an in, from an entire camp of the Philistines. This were, were, were dedicated, these men were giant slayers. Are we together? You look at Abishai, commander and most honored of the 30. He killed 300 men and, and a son of a giant. Are we together? And one of them, it was Benaya. He killed two Moabites, an Egyptian giant, a lion, and he helped Solomon to secure the throne after David. These men, the reason we say they were Gentile, mighty warriors, we're not saying them just because they, they happened to have lived. It's because they stood for something. Hallelujah. Brother Brenham says battles are fought for principles. They were able to make it into the pages of the Bible because they stood for the principle. They were not fighting because they were expecting a reward. Because they, they would have become missionaries. Hallelujah. A missionary is a soldier that, that fights for a financial gain. But these men were not fighting for the financial gain. Because David had nothing to protect, to give to them. Are we together? All he had was to run into the caves, down the valleys, down the mountains. But these men were there behind David. Are we together? And I, I, I want to say, especially even in your personal life, this will help you so much. When God gives you a vision, God will equip you with the right people to help you achieve the vision. Hallelujah. How many are witnesses in the building that there were certain people that came at a strategic point in your life, you did not know where they were coming from, but it was God providing them 
for that divine appointment in order to propel you to a greater high. How many witnesses are in the building? Are we together? So that means you, you've got to, you, you must never be worried. If there is a vision, God will capacitate you to realize the vision. Hallelujah. But you know what we say. Seek God first. Put God first. The rest shall follow. Are we together? Now, when you look, I'm going to read this, if you'll just bear with me here. Amen. It is always when God raises a ministry, God has got men around that ministry. It is a Bible pattern. When Michael came, there were angels around Michael. When the messenger came, there were helpers around the messenger. Hallelujah. And the principle is that I'm the vine, you are the branches. That's what Jesus said. Now, Brother Branham says in this message, uh, why Little Bethlehem, paragraph 140, oh, you Bethlehem dwellers, Hallelujah. I call for men. This is Brother Brenham. He's speaking. He's connecting the scripture, but he's bringing them, the scripture into current reality. He says, I call for men and women, warriors who are not afraid. You, you must remember, you can never be a warrior if you are ruled by fear. Are we together? This man would have never killed 800 Philistines if he had fear. You, with, that means the first step to become a warrior, you've got to be bold. That means you've got to have courage. And you've got to know that there is two, only two options for you. Victory and victory. Are we together? So that means a warrior knows no drum. You know, when you were in the battle, there was a time when they were fighting a battle, and a young boy was busy playing what they called a victory beat. And the general realized that they were losing the battle, and he signaled to the young man or me, uh, shouted to the young man and said, change the tune. Can you just uh, uh, do a defeat beat? The young man responded to the general and said, I was never taught a defeat beat. I was only taught a victory beat. And this evening I say there are people in this building. They have never been exposed to a defeat beat. All they know is that I'm coming out of this situation as a victor because I am a mighty warrior. Are those people here? And, and folks, don't be, a, don't be a afraid when a, a warrior loves battles. Because he knows that, he or she knows that when I get into battles, the battles, every battle that I fight, it elevates me to a higher rank. Hallelujah. Every trial that a believer goes through elevates you to a higher rank. You are, no longer, you are no longer a novice. Now you are an experienced soldier. Hallelujah. You can even give the young ones that are coming into the faith, you can give them the secrets. That's why I have got a problem with a believer that doesn't grow. Such a believer is an indictment to the economy of God. Hallelujah. 
Because the nature of the battle is that you enter into the battle and you grow within the ring so that others that are coming after you, you can share the secrets with. Imagine when you come into the battle, you find another soldier that tells you that, ah, we have lost so many times. Even this battle, I don't think we're going to win it. Such a soldier will demoralize the army in the camp. But you need some soldier that can turn around and tell a, a young recruit and say, listen, and take off maybe his, his, his shirt and show him a scar at the back and say, I remember we were fighting such and such battle and we realized that there was no option. We had to overcome in the battle. This scar, this scar, I have gained so much. It is a reflection that there is a wisdom that I have gained from that battle. That's why never be ashamed of your scars. Their scars are there as a vindication that you survived by the grace of God. And you can show the others that are coming and say, look at my scar. I was in the battle, but I was never defeated. Then it encourages the young recruits. Amen. Because when there is a battle arising, the young recruits, they look at you know, it's like when you are on, on, an, on an aeroplane. Maybe you are 36,000 feet above ground. And you hit those bad turbulences. You know, there are, there, are, there are certain routes that are, and I'm told, the route from Kenya to England. It has the most terrible, uh, terrible turbulences. That means if an aircraft is traveling on that route, the turbulences are so bad that even the, what do you call it, this where they put the small luggages, these this small compartments, they, until they open and the bags will fall. But somebody told me that when you go through a bad turbulency, you don't, don't, don't look, the people that you should look at is the flight attendants. I remember that I was in a bad one coming from George to Jobek, and it was my first, I think it was my first time on the flight, we went into a rain cloud. And all of a sudden, it was, the aircraft was shaking. But when I looked at the flight attendant, they were busy playing a game. Then I realized that I, then they said, there's no problem. Because why? I could look at their demeanor that everything is sorted. Are we together? So that is why the young recruits, when they come into the battle, they must find experienced veterans. So when the battle is raging, they look at the veterans and say, she's still smiling. He's still smiling. That means everything is still sorted. Amen. He says, I don't care if there is 800 standing on one side and 10,000 on the other side. I want warriors who will come with me. This is Brother Brenham inviting us. I want warriors who will come with me and cut a hole through this line of unbelieving Philistines, the well cancelled has got to be garrisoned around to the word of God, trying to make it creeds and feed the people. There is a well, there is a fountain open in the house of David, Bethlehem, for sin and uncleanness. Brother, sin is unbelief in his weight. Who, who warrior that can see the millennium coming? What warrior can see this great Holy Spirit come in the form of Jesus Christ, the literal body of Christ, to take over again? 
stand with me. That's Brother Brenham making an appeal. And we have taken a stance with this gentle mighty warrior, Malachi 4, in the end time. And we are going to, we are going to cut through this host of well council of churches. And our sword is the third pull ministry, the revealed word of the hour. Brother Bram said, I don't care whether it's 10,000 this side or 800 this side. As long as this 800 are with the word of God, they will cut through the host of well council of churches. Are we together? What does it mean? It means he wanted to entrust this message to mighty warriors. And folks, when a, a warrior is somebody, that's why when you when you, I'll continue with the quotation. When they train you in the army, they, they don't take you to Senten or Nelson Mandela Square for shopping uh, and make sure that you've got a very nice breakfast. No, 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 no. They actually, when they take you in, they simulate a war environment. They constantly make you to be conditioned and be re- responsive to a war call. Are we together? So that means the breakfast that you'll eat, it will be the breakfast that soldiers are eating out there in the field. So they simulate so that your mind gets adjusted to war conditions. And, and that is why the training for soldiers is so rigorous to such an extent that if, if you were not cut to be a soldier, you can actually be sent home. Uh, hallelujah. They, they actually don't beg people to become a so, soldiers. Because once you beg them, how are you going to beg them when war has broken out? That's why God doesn't beg people to be Christians. He calls them to be Christians so that when war breaks out, they remain in the line of duty. Uh, and, and war has got, uh, has got many facets to the warfare. There are, there are, uh, we'll get into that. I'll come to that. He says, forgive me if I hurt you. He doesn't hurt me. No, don't you do it. I'm doing this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come back. Stand, you gallant men who see David standing yonder. Jesus Christ, a fugitive from his church, barred out by their creeds. Remember, David was a king, but he did not have a throne because he was kicked out. But these men were able to say, although... He does not have the king, kingship, but we know he's anointed to be our king. Even before he comes into a throne, he is already our king, and we will treat him as such. As we speak right now, Jesus Christ doesn't control this world. He has been chucked out of religious system, out of political system, out of uh, 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 any system that is upon the face of the earth. But the beauty the gentle, the gentle mighty warriors, they realize that even though he does not have the throne now, but he is our king. Yes. Amen. 
Even though no church can accept him, they've chucked him out until he has to knock and say, Behold, I know. But they say, He is our king. And these people, they will be with him in the mountains. They will be with him in the caves. They will be with him in the valleys, wherever they are, because they can see the millennium coming. They can see him ascending to his throne, but they are not waiting for that time. They say, right now, it is a time to save him, even though he is not the ruler of this earth. Are we together? Then he says, there is a fresh fountain hanging yonder. There is power to make this word live again. How many believe that? It's prophesied in this day to come to pass. God said it will come to pass. It's got to come to pass. You will never do it in the army you are in now. What army? Denominational army. You, you are garrisoned yourself, Pentecost, right around with the rest of organizations, cutting it into a creed. Oh, men of God, where is that sword? This morning we know, this evening we know, where is that sword? He says, I was standing there with my hand, and a sword fell into my hand. And a voice said, this is the king's sword. And that was that third pull ministry. He said, not a king's sword, but the king's sword. What does it mean? That sword is the weight that you have received in the end time. Our Lord desires a fresh drink. I don't care if it's death or life. Let's cut through this thing. It's so hard standing by yourself. I'm calling for men and women to stand by me. Hallelujah. Stand with the weight. And that is why he has gone, he has passed off the scene, buried And we see people are coming. The Philistines have risen even within our ranks. That are beginning to say, the cloud that was there, it was not even a genuine cloud. And I like how somebody put it that Brother Brenham sees a vision of a young boy that had been run over by a car in Finland. He writes at the back of his Bible that there's going to be a boy that will be run over by a car. And then I am going to raise that boy from the dead. And later, years later, as they were driving there, they find an accident. They found a boy that had been run over by a car. And Brother Branham looks at that. Then it occurred to him that actually it is the vision that I saw that I had written. And later he says to everybody that was there, he said, this boy, he's going to rise from the dead. And if he doesn't rise from the dead, put a sign on my back and say, I am a false prophet. And I've got a question. Those people that are criticizing Brother Branham, where were they when he made that bold statement? And right there, Brother Branham, while there were witnesses there, he stood there and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, may the boy rise as I had seen in the vision. And the boy rose and he was perfect. What happened? Do you think such a man can perform such a great miracle and later come and lie whether he was on Sunset Mountain? Can you do such a miracle and see a need to lie? 
Can you go to India among 17 religions? Somebody was telling me that there are so many testimonies that, that, when, that are not yet known, that occurred when Brother Branham was there. But 17 religion, religious men were there, and Brother Branham made a declaration and said to them, if any of your religion or any of your God can restore this man his sight, how I will definitely worship such a God. But if my God doesn't restore this man's sight, put a sign on my back and say I'm a false prophet. My question, why are you waiting when he's dead and you want to put a sign on his back that he was a false prophet, but you failed to put it when he was still alive? It's just the nature of cowards. Remember the time when he came. I'm just giving you the importance of this sort. Of this sort. He comes into an auditorium and he says, Gentlemen, I understand that I'm here to be questioned about what I've been teaching on marriage and divorce, serpent seed, but I'm here available. Uh, but uh, I understood we were supposed to have met in a certain room, brother, a certain brother before I introduced him. He said, Brother Brandon actually told me when we had booked a place and he said, We are not going to go to that room. It is going to be changed, and the room that will be in, the colors will be in this way, and the setup will be in this way. When they came there, that man said, it is exactly as the man of God told me. And Brother Abraham took the podium and said, listen, gentlemen, if you want to challenge me, it is fine, but come and stand on my right side. And right there, when a challenge was made, none of them advanced to the fore. And my prophet later comes to tell me and say, the angel of the Lord was standing by my right side with the sword taken out. We are the people of the sword. And this sword will cut through the Philistine. This, uh, this sword will cut through the denominationalism. This sword will cut through peer pressure. This sword will cut through sin. This sword will cut through unbelief. This sword will cut through every avenue of the devil. Believe in the power of the sword and hold it until your hand is stuck to the sword. This sword has got power, folks. Are you here? I don't care if it's life or death. I want to make a declaration. If needs be, we are prepared to lay down our lives for this message. Oh, I expected a better amen than that. If it comes to a push, we are prepared to lay down our lives for this message. We are not going to be intimidated by the enemy because even if he kills us and we go six feet down under, there is a promise by the sword of God that one day we will rise again. There is nothing that the devil has got in his arsenal that can intimidate a believer. And he says, I'm calling for men to stand by me. He's not here, but I'm saying, Brother Brenham, we stand by you. We stand by everything that you preached. He says, it's hard standing by yourself. I'm calling for men to stand by me. Stand with the weight. What the weight says. 
Do it just the way the word said. I don't care what anything else says. Stay it. Stay it that way. For that's the only thing that will cut. Let's get back to Bethlehem, the true water of God. Amen. He continues in the very same message. He says, oh, sons, warriors, I, want, I don't want to keep you for long. Hallelujah. Oh, warrior sons, you men that claim to be sons, you women that claim to be daughters, do you know what David represented? David represented Christ. And he just made a simple statement. I wish I could just get a drink from that well in Bethlehem. He didn't expect men to act upon that. But as soon as men, he mentioned that, men sprang into action. Took their swords, cut through the Philistines' host, and made it where the well is, and drew the water, and brought it to David. And David took the water and said, Shall I drink the water, seeing that men have put their lives in jeopardy? He spilled the water on the ground. It was not to despise the sacrifices of those men. It was to say, that was such a noble sacrifice. I'm unworthy of such. And as much as those mighty men had surrounded David, in the end time, there are mighty women, men and women, that would surround Christ. That's why Brother Brown said, do you know who David represented? He represented Christ. He was. Christ was the son of David. Those gentle warriors, many of them, notice they came from everywhere. And this evening, they come from everywhere. They come from Congo. They come from Zimbabwe. They come from diverse backgrounds because there are a gentle, mighty warriors. Now, those gentle warriors, many of them, they came from everywhere. They knew that that fugitive was anointed. They knew that David was rejected by his own people. They knew the anointing was on him. Go and connect it. When Jesus came, he came to his own, and his own accepted him not. But a wild olive, that was crafted into a domestic olive. You and I, we were not part of the lineage of Israel. You and I, until he turned around when he was God made flesh, until he said to the Samaritan, to that woman, he turned around and said, why would I give the food of the children to the dogs? But that woman said, even though the, the children eat from the table, but the crumbs that fall off the table, the dogs can eat that. Right there, when Messiah was not predestinated to deal with the Gentiles during that time, but that such faith made Messiah to despise or to, to, to overrule the dispensation and said, receive according to your faith. Amen. Folks, a Gentile faith is a, is a dangerous faith. You remember the centurion, a Roman centurion, came to Messiah and said, I don't even need you to come to my house. But you just speak the word, my servant will be okay. 
we, we are the material that was made for the third pool ministry. That's why when we say to the Gentile, speak the way, they understand what we are talking about. Because their father, the centurion, said to the master, speak the way. And he spoke the way, and the servant was fine. And this evening, you are here as the Gentile mighty warriors. Amen. They knew that David was rejected by his own people. But they knew that the anointing was on him. They could see it. They stood right by his side. Die or live. They were gallant men. No matter how much the outside world didn't believe it. His own people kicked him out. They didn't want nothing to do with him. Saul ran him out. The head of the denomination kicked him out and had nothing to do with it. The council kicked him out and he became a fugitive. They had to go to wherever he could. There he was up in the mountain, but that was a little group of men of Gentiles and so forth that they looked at that man and knew that he was coming, becoming a king. Even during our time, they kicked him. They started with him. A great man until they said, Brother Brenham, can we write autobiography? Can we write and document your life? And they wrote a, 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 a book called A Man Sent from God. And they documented the miracles that happened. And when he came to South Africa, they went further and wrote, a prophet visits South Africa. Not a false prophet, a prophet visits South Africa. And after he had done these great things, but when he began to correct them by the weight, and they said, we don't want anything to do with them. And right there, they canceled their affiliation with him through the full gospel men and said, we don't want Brother Brenham anymore. The man that wrote a man sent from God, they somersaulted and said he was a great man when he started he miracles happened, but along the way, he drifted off. Same spirit that were among the 70 that followed Jesus, when he multiplied the fish and the bread, he was a great man. But when he crossed on the other side of the river and said, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you are unworthy of me. They say, what manner of manner is the manner of this man is? We are not such people that we can eat his flesh and drink his blood. What was required on the other side was a revelation. Men that wrote a mention from God, men that wrote a prophet visit South Africa, they began to change their statement and they checked him out until when he went to Tucson, he said, all the doors have been closed for me. But when everybody checked him out, there was a group of people. There was a prophetic class that was upon the face of the earth. They were not following him because of the miracles. They were not following him because there was a picture of the pillar of fire. They were not following him because there was a picture of the cloud. Something within the bosom of their souls connected to them with the messenger of the age. And they knew that we will never turn our back on the messenger. And who are those people? The mighty 
warriors, the gentle, mighty warriors, and I'm here to report I am one of them. As much as they never turned turn their backs on David, we shall never turn our backs on the David of our time, which is the revealed word of the hour. We will take this and cut it through the denominational wall. Are you still with me? These people, these people, in the message, Seven Church Age book, Brother Bram says, now when God is silent, we had better be silent. When he speaks, they will speak. When he is silent, they will be silent. When he moves, they will move. When he stops, they will stop. But where he has spoken, we had better speak and say what he has already said. He told us the evidence or what would happen after being baptized with the Holy Ghost was that we would have the teacher come and teach all the truth. But that teacher was an inside teacher, not an outside teacher. Hallelujah. These people have got an inside teacher. They don't rely on the outside teacher. They will only agree with the outside teacher when he agrees with the inside teacher. Well, who is the inside teacher? The Holy Ghost. But that teacher was an inside teacher, not an outside teacher. If the spirit was in inside, you wouldn't hear the truth and receive it by revelation if you heard it every moment of the day. That was the sign of the dwelling spirit in the days of Paul. Those who were filled with the Holy Ghost had the weight, received it, lived by it. Those who did not have the spirit had it only as carnal men, put a wrong interpretation on it, and went into sin. In every age, and every age is the age of the Holy Ghost for the true believer, I say in every age, the evidence was the same. Those who had the spirit, the teacher, had the weight. And that spirit in them took the weight and taught it, revealed it to them. And they were a group that had the messenger and his message and took it and lived it. Took it and lived it. So these uh, gentle, mighty warriors, they will take the weight and live the weight. They will be bold. They will do exploits. David was not surrounded by substandard men. And this David in the end time will not be surrounded by substandard men and women. It's men that will do exploits. And if the Bible was to be rewritten, their names will make it into Hebrews 11. God bless you, the gentle mighty warriors. God bless you. As we stand and just sing a worshiping song. The gentle mighty warriors as in plural and better.
that everybody will come and wrap up in Jehovah is your
because we can see ourselves as victors, Heavenly Father. Yes. We have managed to overcome the devil, Heavenly Father. Mm. He didn't want us to be here, Heavenly Father. But Heavenly Father, thy grace, Heavenly Father, was with us, Heavenly Father, Thank you, so Father. that we can make it, Heavenly Father. Mm. There are saints, Heavenly Father, that couldn't manage, Heavenly Father. Mm. Heavenly Father, we pray, may you break all those chains of the devil, Let Heavenly Father. So Let them long, Heavenly Father, to come, Heavenly Father, to yes. your house, Heavenly Father. Like David of the old, as he has said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Let it be so, because we know, Heavenly Father, that's why we get recharged, Heavenly Father. Mm. This evening, Heavenly Father, you have, Heavenly Father, come simple way, Heavenly Father. Mm. You have still shown you are God, Heavenly Father. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, yes. Heavenly Father. We have, Heavenly Father, even the, tonight, Heavenly Father, show us your pattern, Heavenly Father. Mm. That when we hold you, Heavenly Father, when we can come, Heavenly Father, and stand, Heavenly Father, on this great banister, Heavenly Father, yes. we will do those exploits, Heavenly Father. Right. Because we are holding the name, Heavenly Father, that you, you are Jehovah, Heavenly Father. And that name, if it can be called, Heavenly Father, we know all this, Heavenly Father, demons will flee away, Heavenly Father. Mm. We know we shall, Heavenly Father, penetrate all, Heavenly Father, whatever, Heavenly Father, the devil has blocked us with, Heavenly Father, mm. we will go through, Heavenly Love Father. It. That is this name of the Lord's Savior Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. We are thankful, Heavenly Father, for revealing this word unto us, Heavenly yes. Father. Under this, Heavenly Father, ministry of Malachi, for Heavenly That's Father, right. we have seen, Heavenly Father, on this world that is falling apart, Heavenly Father, mm. denominations are rising, Heavenly Father, false doctrines, Heavenly Father, but Heavenly Father, this message, even if it can get attacked, Heavenly Father, is still standing, Heavenly That's Father. That's right. There is no alternative, Heavenly Certainly. Father. Heavenly Father, we are holding on, Heavenly Father. Give us power, Heavenly Father, so that we can just hold on, mm. Heavenly Father, until the last, Heavenly Father, time that you have given us, oh, Heavenly yes. Father. We are thankful, Heavenly Father, here are your sons and daughters, Heavenly Father. Yes. As they come here, Heavenly Father, day, Heavenly Father, by day, they are expecting, Heavenly Father. May even this evening, Heavenly Father, bless them abundantly, Heavenly Father. You know their needs, Heavenly Father. You are the designer of the hearts, Heavenly Father. Even yes. tonight, Heavenly Father, they have raised their hands, Heavenly Father. They are asking from you, Heavenly yes, Father. Father. Bless them, Heavenly Father. I also put myself, Heavenly Father, I say, Thank you, Father. please, Heavenly Father, also bless me, Heavenly Father. Let we know so we are in battles, Heavenly Father, but we shall be warriors, Heavenly yes. Father. Here is our pastor, Heavenly Father. Mm. We know, Heavenly Father, when the devil wants to attack Heavenly Father, he will start with him, That's Heavenly right. Father, so that Heavenly Father, there can be, Heavenly Father, those false doctrines, Heavenly Father. Yes. We put him under the blood this evening, that Heavenly Father. So Father. We say, Heavenly Father, continue to fight for him, Heavenly Father. Let him remain under the blood, Heavenly Father. Yes. Bless him and the family, Heavenly Let Father. So bless Father. all the families that are here, Heavenly Let Father. So we have our children, Heavenly Father. May you also bless them, Let Heavenly Father. So we know the schools, Heavenly Father, that we are exposed to, Heavenly Father. Mm. It's a Heavenly Father, all where demons, Heavenly Father, are belonging. It's where well, demons, Heavenly Father, are just making their own lives the Heavenly mm. Father. But we say, Heavenly Father, protect them, Heavenly Father. So protect our families, Heavenly Father. Bless us, Heavenly Father. Bless our work, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, wherever we are, mm. so that, that we can continue to provide for the family, Heavenly yes. Father. Heavenly Father, we commit all these things to to you, Heavenly Father, believing, Heavenly Father, in the name of the of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Bless you.
Jehovah Retsepile Wena and have a, a blessed week of what remains of it till we see you on Sunday. Amen. Continue to be the gentle mighty warriors. Um, and handle your sword um, and march forward. Jehovah Oh!